What exactly is community science? How can you get involved in plant health in Canada? What apps can you use to make scientific discoveries in your own backyard? Welcome to Inspect and Protect, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency's official podcast, all about food safety and plant and animal health. I'm Greg Rogers. And I'm Michelle Strong. We're in communications at the CFIA, and we're excited to host this series discussing the what, the how, and the why of the agency's work, and how it relates to you and your family. Today we're talking about community science and how everyone can get involved in protecting Canada's natural resources, whether you have a science degree or not. We're speaking with Pierre Bilodeau, Executive Director of the Plant Health Science Directorate here at the agency. Pierre, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I want to dive right in and talk about community science and what that means, but first, tell us what you do at the CFIA. As Executive Director of Plant Health Science, I'm basically responsible for a group of about 40 people providing strategic advice or science advice to our programs and operation colleagues, uh, doing risk assessments uh, on some of the key uh, pests or potential pests that may come to Canada, and then doing a lot of surveillance, planning some of the survey activities that we're doing, and we're also managing some research activities. Today we're talking about community science or citizen science. So I guess, you know, the first question, Pierre, is what is community science? Science is really the study of nature and behavior of natural things and the knowledge that we obtain about them. So really it's about anybody can do that. You don't need to have a PhD to do science. So when talking about plant health science, community science can mean making specific observation in your daily activities. You walk to the park, you walk to the forest, you um, water your houseplant, or you do gardening, or you mow your lawn, and you look for unusual things, you know, like yellow spots on a leaf, a hole in the trunk of a tree, or a bug on a tomato plant. So this is what, for plant science, what community science looks like. Anybody can participate, right? Um, I went out for a walk not too long ago with uh, a friend, socially distanced, of course, and I saw a a piece of wood with some swirls on it. So my instinct was, oh, I wonder if this is emerald ash borer. I took a picture because my dog was sniffing all around it and I thought it was cute. Um, but is that something that can be considered part of this whole thing and I could submit it? Yeah, for sure. That's exactly what I'm, I'm talking about. And, um, and we'll probably talk about it a little bit later, but there are specific tools that you could use, like you're seeing some swirly things on a bark or on a leaf. You can basically take a picture and then you could use that to try to figure out what it is that you've seen and whether it is a specific invasive species or something that is common to your to your environment. I'm sure we have a list at the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. Yeah, there is a list of regulated pests for Canada. There's about 250 of those uh, that are listed. Oh, wow. Let's take a second to discuss why the Food Inspection Agency is involved in all this. I think sometimes there's confusion about our agency's name. What's the context here? The Canadian Food Inspection Agency is the national organization mandated by the Government of Canada and the International Plant Protection Convention to safeguard plant health in Canada. So it's in plant health, this is our mandate in Canada to make sure that there's no invasive species that come to impact uh, our, the, the plant environment, the plant production, which is agriculture and all this, but also the plant that we find in the environment, like trees and bushes. We have to understand that plant health is very important for Canada. 
we are an exporting nation and we export a lot of agricultural product, uh, canola, uh, barley, wheat, and these sort of things, uh, potatoes. Um, so it's very important that plant health, that everybody understand the importance of plant health, uh, not only from a production perspective, but also from an environmental perspective, because, you know, trees are plants. Um, every uh, species or weed plant species that grows in the prairies, they are plant and they need to be protected. Going back to the idea of community science, what's the potential impact someone can really have making observations in their day-to-day life and reporting what they see? Like, do you have real-world examples of how this works and what the impact is? In 2013, um, one person in the, uh, the province of Ontario, in Toronto, um, identified a sample of Asian longhorn beetle. So they, they saw that bug, that was a new bug, and uh, they, they, uh, ident- they identified the bug and they called CFIE and said, here's the situation, I have this bug, what is it? Um, and based on this finding by a, um, a citizen um, scientist, we were able to validate that it was actually Asian longhorn beetle, which is a regulated pest in Canada. And we were able to put in place a whole series of activities that allowed us to try to eradicate that uh, pest in this particular environment. And it's only last year, in 2020, that uh, the agency was able to successfully eradicate Asian longhorn beetle from this 2013 identification. But if it had not been from this uh, community scientist, maybe uh, the infestation would have been much more bigger and it would have been much more difficult to try to eradicate that, that, that pest. So we know eradication is like the best case scenario kind of thing, but in instances where eradication isn't possible. Why is it still important to report bugs? Yeah, eradication is one thing that we can do. If the, if the pest is too, is too well established, then eradication is very difficult. Then what we do is what we try to do is slow the spread. And that's what we do with, uh, with the um, emerald, uh, emerald ash borer uh, in this case. It was introduced in Canada uh, many years ago. And now we know it's not possible to try to eradicate. So we're trying to put regulated areas um, so that it's contained in this area and it doesn't spread more. And this is why we have the Don't don't Move the Firewood program, because uh, if you go camping from one area which is regulated to a non-regulated area and you bring your firewood, you may be the one that will spread this disease or this pest further away from the regulated area. Uh, So that's why it's important even if, it, if we can't eradicate, to try to put in place measure to mitigate the, uh, the impact of this pest or disease for uh, plant health in Canada. So we're in 2021, a um, few months in now. We keep hearing about International Year of Plant Health. Um, does that have something to do with this year? So in 2020, uh, uh, the United Nations proclaimed 2020 the International Year of Plant Health. And because of uh, the COVID pandemic, uh, the International Year of Plant Health has been extended until the end of June 2021. So it's still highly relevant. It's a good opportunity to think and talk about plant health uh, across the world to try to understand what it is. Uh, and and understand what are the implications of plant health in Canada. But the other thing is the entire environment, you know, the forest, the trees, the prairies, um, the wetlands and these, they all have specific plant uh, species in there that need to be protected. 
So with the pandemic, a lot of us are staying inside and doing online shopping. Some would say too much online shopping, <laughs> but uh, if people are looking for plant products online or getting seeds in the mail, should they be keeping any special considerations in mind? Well, I think what they have to be doing is be a community scientist. So always be very vigilant of what they're doing. Don't assume that all the products sold online meets our laws and regulations. Do your own research to know where you're buying from, particularly if the product or the source of product is unfamiliar to you. Um, CFIA would have some information on our website for any e-commerce activity. So you, you're welcome to have a look at this. Uh, one example of this is last summer, uh, many Canadians received unrequested seeds in the mail. Uh, and it turns out that uh, those seeds were coming from outside of the country. In fact, CFIA has received reports from more than 750 individuals across the, the provinces that have received those unrequested package of unknown seeds. These seeds are from a range of plant species, including tomatoes, strawberry, rose, and citrus, and some of the, the common wheat seeds in Canada. So if you ever receive packages of seeds don't you, you, that you didn't order, you should put those seeds uh, in the packaging and mailing label in a sealed bag inside of a second sealed bag and bring those to the CFIA close, closest office to you. And this way we can have a look at them and make sure that they're not, uh, they're not uh, spread out in the environment. It remains unclear why some Canadians are receiving those seeds, um, but um, although some recipient that reported having ordered some of those seeds in the past. So don't plant those seeds, don't flush them, don't put them in compost, because they might sprout and spread. What about souvenirs when we're traveling to another country, back when that was something that we did? <laughs> we'll get back to there eventually someday, I'm sure. Is it really important to not bring home products made of wood? I've heard this a, a few times now. I mean, it's basically the same thing as don't move firewood. Anything that you bring from outside of the country uh, may have some invasive species in them. And even if you don't know, if you don't see them, they may still be there. We have to be cautious about what we can and can't bring back to Canada. Yes. And if we do get some kind of package at our house and we didn't order it, then you're saying just report it to the CFIA office. Be suspicious. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. And the fact that we're doing more and more of... Uh, of um, e-commerce is quite important. And the agency is certainly looking at this from a particular perspective of a new pathways for potential pests to come to Canada. So let's talk about what tools are available to support community scientists. I know there are a few apps like iNaturalist, PlantSnap, and others. You're using iNaturalist right now, right? My wife and I are actually kind of having a competition to see who can identify the most species. It's kind of like a Pokemon Go who can catch them all kind of thing. And unfortunately, she's She's ahead right now. Um, but, but what are some of the tools that community scientists can use? Um, I mean, you've mentioned the apps. So iNaturalist is one of them. There's many others that helps you to identify those, those um, species uh, and, then, uh, and then potentially share the information with others. Um, uh, so that's, this is one tool. The other one is, uh, you know, the Internet. There's a whole lot of information on the Internet about what species is regulated in your area? Uh, what are the key? Uh, you know, if you go see, go in the in the forest and you see some things, you can take pictures and then compare to what you see on the internet. Do you uh, do you use any of the tools yourself, Pierre? 
Yeah, I have in fact used uh, plant snap. Last year, I went to my mother's place and the, and she had a, a weed in her garden that I didn't know about. So I just took a picture and then instantly I was able to identify what it was exactly. So yeah, those are, are very uh, powerful. Do we just take photos? Is there instances where we should actually like take a piece of a plant or a bug and keep it in our freezer or something like that? For an organization like the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, in order for us to uh, verify and confirm that what you've seen and what you've observed is actually the, uh, the invasive species that we think it is, we need to have this specimen. So it's very important that if you see something um, abnormal, take a picture, share this information, but also try to, to keep uh, a samples uh, as clean as possible so that if you are called up uh, based on your observation, we will be able to have access to the specimen to validate whether that's the right thing or not. I'm not sure my wife would like me keeping bugs in the freezer, but <laughs> maybe just one or two. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Now, what about plants or uh, tree trunks when you see some insects have been in there? I mean, we can take a photo of it and I don't know if we can lug a whole tree back, but. <laughs> yeah, this is where uh, you need to rely on maybe some of the experts. Uh, we have survey, CFIA has survey biologists in many of the regions of Canada, or we have inspection uh, inspectors. So if you find something that is unusual and you can validate through the internet that this is, this is a regulated uh, species, then call us at CFIA and we will send a local inspector to have a look at what you found. So we have to be ready to provide information on where. Yes. And that's the beauty of those uh, iNaturalists. They will geolocalize whatever picture you're taking. So that it's, it's quite an effective tool to use those, those applications. Cool. With the apps and tools making everything so accessible and the whole idea of community science being that you don't need advanced qualifications to participate, what's the best way for young people to get involved? Yeah, this is very interesting because I think um, kids can be a great help in the garden or when you look out for unusual uh, looking insects uh, or while playing on, on a scavenger hunt. Uh, every city and region has its own challenges with invasive plant species. Some that you can see, like insect weeds, but some that you can't see, which are bacteria or virus. Um, and if you thought viruses were only attracting, attacking humans, think again, because plant too can be infected by vi viruses. Not the same one as kids, but they're, they're, they're as, um, as impactful as those affecting uh, humans. So if you're... Um, you know, invasive species or invasive plant or insect could be a good show and tell for your project at school. Um, and if you want to know more about them, you only have to look at your local news, contact your city councillor, or go out and discover for yourself what's in your environment. Uh, I know uh, there are uh, organizations like Scout Canada and Girls Guide are all very actively involved in outdoors type of activities. And in fact, the CFIA in 2020, we've started to work with Scout Canada and we have produced a plant health crest that boys and girls across Canada can earn by taking part of activities that support plant health. That's such a great partnership. Yeah. It, there's been so many interesting angles on this subject. And uh, I just want to say thank you, Pierre, for, for joining us. Thank you very much, uh, Greg and Michelle, for having me today. It was a pleasure, and it was uh, great to be able to uh, raise awareness about uh, plant health and its importance for Canada. Thanks for being on the show and sharing your expertise.
I want to get one of those scout badges if I can. I think those. I think that's a really neat idea. Both of my uh, sons are in scouts. Fun fact: I was in scouts. Oh, really? <laughs> I have all the badges. <laughs> <laughs> I know what I'm doing next. I'm going to be downloading those apps and giving them a go. You'll have to find me on there. I'll give you my username. <laughs> we should also probably mention our website where anyone can go to get more information about plant health in Canada. And about food safety and animal health too, of course. For all that info, check out inspection.canada.ca. This has been Inspect and Protect, the CFIA's official podcast. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app or on the web at inspection.canada.ca slash inspect protect podcast. 